0: Welcome to Your Security, a podcast on walking victims in today's society. I am your host, Gabriel Grimes. In this podcast, I discuss how to stay alert and situationally aware, no matter where you are or where you go. Now, I have 23 years of experience in the security industry, both locally and internationally. I've worked around the world with foreign governments, international police. I've managed executive protection for thousands of international travelers. And during that time, I've come across... The best practices to stay secure and almost in almost any situation. You never know. Sometimes there's some situations that you have no control over. like for instance, a volcano if you're inside the volcano. <laughs> I look forward to sharing with you these tips and tricks and a few hacks with you. and if you are an international tra- uh, traveler, this is something that you want to listen to, if you are a security professional again. Uh, Share with me your experiences. I'd love to hear them as well. Today is May 6th, and this is episode 43, day 21 of the COVID response. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, my listeners, my friends. It has been 21 days since our president here in the United States has decided to address this virus, the COVID-19, the Wuhan flu virus, in a way that affects all of us near and dear. I mean, it, it, it slowed businesses down. It, shu- it has shuttered the economy in many different ways. It has caused um, our dollar to be affected, banks, the loaning in the banks to be affected. It's, it's quite unique. I don't think this has even has been as bad as it, it happened um, like 9-11. 9-11 was a disastrous time. It affected quite a few of us, and it affected us in, our, in fear as well. But it has affected the world economy in ways, the, the COVID-19, in ways that 9-11 doesn't come even close to doing. Um, for instance, just take the, the airline industry. So airline industry after 9-11, if you'll remember, almost 30 days of no airline traffic in the world. There was no airline traffic. And yet here in the United States, for the COVID-19 response, the airline traffic has not stopped, but has been reduced. And yet the government is infusing the, that industry with monies and... Uh, Practically free loans. So it's—I'm <laughs> trying to say—it's—it's it's unique that the government is acting in a way that is quite strange. The response that the government has been uh, taking to the COVID nineteen is quite unique, and um, it does and it has affected many, if not all, of the small businesses. And if you have any, anywhere up to fifty people depending on you and depending on a paycheck. Well, there's no one coming into your restaurant. If no one's coming in and using your services, well, yeah, it's it's quite it's affecting your business quite a bit. You're not gonna be able to pay your employees, your employees are not gonna be able to feed their families, and then it's just it all rolls downhill. They just can't, they're not meeting, making ends meet. And then what happens? And these people are going to have to use their credit cards and use their loan, their loan um their, their signature authority at the bank. And what that does is it just continues on as a vicious cycle and makes people uh, further in debt and it's going to create a different type of reality in the United States. I mean, over 6 million people were looking for, were out of jobs and um, filing unemployment just a few weeks ago. I don't know what the number is today. But this is this is you know astronomical. This is this is big. And as a security professional, I have to say it's a little disconcerting. know, I have to say, the majority of the people in the United States are good-natured people. You know, there are there's not criminals around every corner, although it may seem like that, but it's not the truth. Um, so the likelihood of crime increasing tremendously is probably low. But I wouldn't be surprised if crime does see a major uptick. Because whether or not you're a criminal, if you can't feed your family and you're forced with uh, a hungry family, uh, several days, several weeks of hunger, you're going to do whatever you can. You're going to try to do the best thing you can. But even the best person, when they're hungry, they're going to do anything they can. They're going to, to take risks. Um, And that may be something that uh, our government needs to be paying attention to. And I think there are. I was listening to uh, our President Trump talk about security, talking about the response to this situation, the COVID-19. And his concern was, we shouldn't let the cure be worse than the disease. You shouldn't let the cure be worse than the virus itself. I mentioned in about two or three episodes back the concern about suicides. <clears throat> There's more suicides now than there are. There's more suicides reported than there ha- there are COVID-19 deaths. And what does that mean for us? That means that in a situation, an ever increasingly difficult situation in the world or in the United States, we're going to see an uptick of those same suicides. If if we have an issue with suicides, then we're going to continue to have this situation, and the number will increase because the amount of pressure placed on these individuals is not getting less. It's only getting more. So let's be thoughtful. Let's be cognizant about this kind of a situation. <coughs> when are we going to Pull the plug, and pull the plug. I mean by when are we going to get to work? Now this is a question that every crisis management team must make. When are we going to say that this crisis is over? So, like for instance, the um, the Valdez up in Alaska, when the uh, oil tanker released all the oil in the in the ocean. There had to be. There was a day when they said the crisis is over. The oil, the, all the oil hadn't been picked up, but they said the crisis is over. Um, the uh, any any of the situations that we've seen in North Carolina, um, sorry, that was this was least um, Virginia. There was a mine, and it and it collapsed, and there was miners in it. But when is the crisis over? Is it when the miners, all the miners, are withdrawn, or when we have good knowledge to say that all the miners have already deceased, or is it when we open up the mine completely? You know, we have to determine when is the crisis over <clears throat> in the Horizon event in the in the Gulf of Mexico, Deepwater Horizon. You know when that explosion happened? When did they call it the end of the crisis? When was it? And this reminds me of the time when I was in Mexico, and um, we had a kidnapping. And uh, we had two people that were kidnapped. We had good evidence that they were kidnapped. And our crisis management team went to mexico and stayed there we we managed it on a day to day hour by hour you know way but after 3 weeks we had to make a determination to to pull the plug we had to say well we've gone as far as we can with this event now we have to say that the event is over now that doesn't mean that additional activities weren't com- weren't done. You know the company did have to support the family. we had to we continued to work with local authorities. we worked with the local business. we had to replace the employees' uh, positions with other people. There was other things that we had to do, but the event itself was considered closed on the books. And this is the same thing that's going to have to happen with this coronavirus response, and and I don't know when that's going to be. I think that now, I think the president has mentioned that we need to be uh, uh, reviewing and studying when is it that we can get back to work, and I think that is appropriate. People are freaking out, and I totally understand that, but we do need to be thinking when we're going to get back to work and then how that is going to work out. How is that going to be defined? You know, we can't just all get back to work by flipping on the switch. We can't. <clears throat> Our world has changed. The small businesses that had 20, 30 people, they don't have 20, 30 people anymore. Some of them are gone on. Some of them have had to move. Maybe they left the country, they left, left the state. They've gone to another state. Maybe they've left the country all, all together. I was in the mall before we had this... Uh, this closed down, the shutdown here in Texas, I was in the mall and I was talking to one of the cleaning ladies there. And I told her, well, don't worry. You know, there's going to be a a stimulus package and we're going to get some money coming in. And so you don't, you don't have to worry about, about money coming in. You know, the government's going to try to do the best they can to, to help you stay afloat. And she told me, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm not legal. And I don't think that the, uh, the stimulus is for illegals. And so and and I'm not trying to make this a political thing, but I am saying many, many of our, of our employees may not even be in the country anymore. They may have just gone ahead and gone back home. So how are these small businesses going to ramp up? It's not going to be the same. And what else is not going to be the same is the fact that we have come to be afraid of each other. Social distancing that we're talked about all over the place is so real that people are currently they currently feel it a, a, a struggle to be around other people. They, they're, they're social distancing no matter what, and I think that's what's going to continue on. There's going to have to be a whole process of Reculturalization of getting people to talk to each other again, <clears throat> to touch people again, to hug people, to shake people's hands. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be, let's say, strange. It's going to feel awkward at first. And hopefully, the, our, our culture will balance back and we'll be the same as before. But I think that we'll still see remnants of this type of of situation, this, this life of social distancing, even as we continue on. All right. Let me uh, talk to you about <laughs> New York City and John Hopkins University. New York City and John Hopkins University. The update. Okay. Remember, we started looking at these numbers, right? So again, I was talking to you about how weird these numbers are. And here we go back again, the weird numbers, New York City. This is the New York City uh, health page. It's called the NewYorkCity.gov site, Department of Health, COVID, COVID-19 COVID data page. Okay, And on this page, it says, today, as of April 6th, They have 2,738 deaths. Well, yesterday they had 2,472. So from yesterday to today, we have lost uh, about 300 people, about 280 people. Um, From from the 4th to the 5th, we lost 200. So in other words, it's been pretty consistent, about 200 people every day. April 4th, 2254. April 5th, 2472. April 6th, 2738. Now, (laughs) let's go to the John Hopkins University of Medicine. John Hopkins um, is currently reporting that there are 3,485 deaths in New York City. Yes, you heard me right. 3,485. So, according to John Hopkins University, New York City's government. Health page is off by about 700 people. In fact, 750 people, uh, they're off. (laughs) John Hopkins has it at 3485, and New York City has their deaths at 2738. Why in the world are these numbers so off? I don't know. I can only tell you that something's not right and finally what are you doing what is your routine how are you keeping your mental health i had an amazing salsa that i made and i passed that information on to a good friend of mine kyle And um, I'll pass the, give you the the great description, the recipe right now. So, it's a chile morita, and that's like a chile uh, chipotle. One chile morita, two to three chiles serranos, two tablespoons of sour cream, two to three tablespoons of mustard, two tablespoons of mayonnaise, two avocados, a bunch or a handful of cilantro, two, three tablespoons of white vinegar garlic, powdered garlic, you put that into a blender, blend it up, and use the, oh, excuse me, the chilies you have to boil. Boil for about three to four minutes. Once you put all that, blend it up, add a little bit of that water from the chilies to make it uh, 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 kind of not runny. It has to have a good, smooth uh, texture. Once you have that kind of like a ketchupy texture, once you have that, you are good. You're golden. And adjust the spice with by adjusting the number of serrano peppers. Other than that, I did great today. I did two, four. I did eight thousand meters on the rowing machine. That's right, eight thousand meters. That was good. It felt good. Uh, I only left the house once to get some food at the grocery store. Uh did get some sun, a little bit of sun, a little bit, because it's raining in my part of Texas. And let's see here, what else did I do? I kept to a very poor routine, and I am very bad about that. If not completed that routine properly, I was the only one to wake up before... <laughs> I woke up at seven o'clock this morning. Yeah, that's right, Monday, seven o'clock. Can you believe that? But um, I, uh, my family woke up at ten. Oh my goodness, this quarantine thing is kicking all of us in the butt when it comes to routines. Anyway, I have to be more diligent and write down my routine to keep it straight. Because, like it or not, we are all going to have to come back and uh, start working one of these days, right? That's what I've been told. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate it. If you like my video, my uh, podcast, please subscribe and send me a message. You can actually send me an Audible message, and uh, I'll listen to it. I'll, I'll mention to you, mention you on the next podcast. Uh, I appreciate coming to you and talking to you and expressing some tips and hacks on how to stay secure in your world because you are security. In this world, you're security. Thanks. Until tomorrow.